Hello, everyone, and welcome to Harbor for the Arts podcast. I am your host, opera singer, producer, author, playwright, Bree Cooper. I'm a mezzo-soprano. You can check me out on my website or on Spotify, Bree Cooper, mezzo-soprano, or breecooper.net. So today, I'm so happy to have everyone. Today, we're going to change the format of the show just a little bit. Um, I decided to actually talk about some current events first, talk about what I'm reading right now, and then we're going to move on into our show. Today's topic is talking about artists and making sure you are strategizing as much as possible, getting those tax incentives at the end of the year. It is so important. Um, So let's move on into some of the current events, things that have happened within the past week or two that I have not talked about before so one of them is the metropolitan opera debut of fire shut up in my bones it is um it's an amazing um presentation opera and the composer is terence blanchard the librettist is casey lemons it is sung in english now i will say this that it is the first time the metropolitan opera has ever presented a, a work by an African-American composer. Now, a lot of people are like, oh my God, it's so awesome. Now, to me, in my opinion, like what took so long? Like what, that just shows you how out of touch some of the organizations are. And uh, my other thing is, although this is really great, it's still really great. I mean, if you don't know who Terrence Blanchard is, please look him up. I mean, really uh, broaden your repertoire. Um, Look him up. He's amazing. I am actually really excited to hear it. I did not get to hear it yet, Um, but it's, it's, you know, what a great nod to all of the things that have been going on this past year, especially with civic engagement and and talking about um, equality in the arts. And this is just, I guess, a step forward, um, a step in acknowledging um, areas where the arts, specifically opera, can do a little bit better, uh, can do a lot better. So this is great. Um, I will say this. Now, this is just my personal opinion, you guys. Honestly, I think it's great that this opera is you know, about the black experience. It is written by an African-American composer. But you know what? There are so many African-American composers who are living today who have not had their work premiered, who are not on the popular song recitals that we know of. And I think it's up to each one of us to really, really research um, either African-American composers or composers of color to really highlight them on our recitals. I mean, if you think about it, I'm, you know, I'm African-American woman um, of Bahamian descent. My dad's Bahamian, but I always sing something by a Bahamian composer on my recitals. And I think it's really important. And just like when in college, I mean, I had to sing Mozart, I had to sing Beethoven, I had to learn all of the classics when it came to standard operatic repertoire. Well, I don't understand why if it's standard, you know, operatic repertoire, why is it that it has to be, you know, um, 
and Mozart or Beethoven, how come we can't include more composers of color who are classical composers? Um, and I think it takes all of us to just really start putting that stuff on our recitals, putting the music on our recitals, start singing it so that it does become part of the norm. My other little qualm, and I've always said this, is, you know, as a as a singer of color, um, especially a black singer, let me tell you guys, years ago, um, I actually got my first professional job touring Porgy and Bess. So I will never say anything bad about it. I think it is a great opera. I think it is really difficult to sing. Um, it's no joke, you know? So, I mean, people think the music is great, but it is really hard music to sing. But here's my thing. After about five years of doing Porgy and Bess, toured the world, got to see so much, I decided, you know, I noticed that a lot of the opera companies I would go out for these auditions and I would not get called back unless they were doing Porgy and Bess. And I just always had an issue with that. I just thought, what the heck? I, you know, my parents spent thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars for me to train and to sing, but yet you won't look at me for a marriage of Figaro, but you will call me back for uh, Porgy and Bess or um, a show that requires black singers. And I just have such an issue with that. Um, it's, it's really discouraging sometimes, you know, and sometimes a lot of people don't realize that um, as a black singer, sometimes there are only like two or three of us with big box office names that they hire over and over again. Now, it could be the politics of it all that, you know, they know a manager, their manager knows somebody that can kind of get them in the door. But at the same time, it gets a little annoying that, what, there can only be two <laughs> as singers of color, you know, in any voice type that are popular, flavor of the month, you know. But I, I just don't, I don't like to, um, to keep that kind of narrative going. I like to do my own thing and that's what I'm going to do. That's what I've always done. If you've seen my TV show, um, these podcasts that I do, I host... I ran for Congress talking about the importance of arts in, in our, you know, in our, in our education system. Um, I thought it was just really important and it's just sad that so much of it, I just feel like sometimes just falls on deaf ears and maybe not because our show today is going to be talking about the tax incentives, which I was really excited to actually know about, learn about, make sure that I always am, you know, going after it at the end of the year when it's time to file taxes. So um, I think you guys should check out the opera. Let me know what you think. I I'm just hoping to see more composers with classical repertoire that doesn't necessarily have to be about the black experience you know because what's going to happen is that here's another black opera which is great but then they're going to hire black singers and everybody's going to think well we did our job what we have a black opera what um when really i mean there's the major figaro there's la boheme you're going to hire singers of color for that you know, that's what I, that's what I'm like, that's what we've been traded for. Now, come on. And I also want to see more African-American composers and these opera companies put on operas that don't necessarily have to deal with the black experience. You know, um, there's so many aspects of, of what it means to be black in America without everybody, um, kind of like, I guess everybody in the storyline is black, you know, and 
my experience and the black experience is very different. I mean, my dad's family came from the Bahamas. That That is very different than someone whose family is from the United States and that's how they were brought up. But my experience is different. How I was raised is different. Um, how we view the world can be very different. And sometimes it's it's difficult for me because I definitely see myself, I see myself almost like one foot in one world and one foot in the other. So one foot is, okay, you look at me and you can see I'm a black woman, but I don't sometimes fit in with the black community at all, you know, and it could be how I was raised. I know I've always had a really hard time getting along with other um, singers or coworkers who are African-American. Um, it's just, it's just weird. I just felt like two different worlds. It's, it's hard to, it's hard to, um, I don't know, put it into words. I think a lot of people who are mixed of mixed race, they might have a similar experience. Um, but yeah, it's almost like my perception of the world is not black enough to be African-American, but at the same time, um, when it comes to being Bahamian, you know, it's not, you know, Bahamian enough. So I always feel like kind of in the middle. But anyway, um, speaking of which, I'm going to talk about, um, don't forget to check out that opera, by the way, and look up Terrence Blanchard if you're not familiar. Um, so um, the next one I wanted to talk, the next thing I wanted to talk about is this book that I am reading. And it came recommended by Dr. Holly Frazier. If you don't know, she's like one of the dance moms. And so during the pandemic, my daughter and I started watching Dance Bobs. We watched the entire season. I think we ended up watching it twice. Once at the very beginning of the shutdown. And the second time was like when we were kind of coming out of it. And um, so anyway, um, she has a book that she recommended called The Other Black Girl. And oh my gosh, just like we were just talking about. Oh, it is so good. I have not finished it yet. I'm on chapter, I think chapter five now, but I just picked it up yesterday. It is so good. The author's name is Zakaya Dalia, Dalila Harris. I'm sorry if I butchered it, but um, yeah, it's so good. It's so good. You guys should pick it up. Definitely. Especially if you, you know, are of color and you work in a predominantly, um, you know, Caucasian workplace or something like that, or you're the only one, that kind of thing. But it is such, <laughs> it's such a good book so far. I can't wait to like really get into it. But that was one of the other things I said I was going to do this year was definitely read a lot more. So I'm so glad that she gave me that recommendation. Today's episode is actually brought to you by Thrive Market. And if you are unfamiliar with Thrive Market, go check them out, thrivemarket.com backslash Brie Cooper, where you can get a gift up to $24 by subscribing. And what Thrive Market is doing is that they are doing something that is really important and they are supporting low-income families with healthy and nutritious food. Um, they're giving away, I think it's one, um, one membership per membership um, that someone purchases. So, um, yeah, so I think you guys should check that out. Um, you can support me as well by going to Thrive Market, um, backslash Brie Cooper. And, uh, let me know if you have any problems with it, just email me. That is fine. You can email me, email me at Brie Cooper, um, 
sorry, at Bridget at BreeCooper.net or yeah, or just email me there um, for the most part. And uh, I hope everybody's doing great. I have been um, so busy over the past couple of weeks and this past year I wrote a um, uh, opera, well not even an opera, it's really a musical and I'm really excited about it. We are finally getting it started, kicking it off. We are having a writer's perspective reading. I'm so excited. If you are interested in attending, I am going to charge for it because I need to pay these actors um, and people who uh, work with us. Um, so please uh, email me, Bridget, B-R-I-D-G-E-T-T-E at BrieCooper.net. You can also email 728 productions with an s at the end at gmail.com if you're interested in getting a ticket um to um you know to participate in this very first reading and the fun part about it is that you are going to be able to you know i want your feedback you know it's basically a writer's perspective is pretty much something where i can sit down with the actors it's the first time i'm not going to be um i'm not going to be reading but I'll be able to listen to all the other actors read the lines. And so it is not for a performance. It really is just to get an idea of how things are going with the scripts, some things that I would want maybe clarification on or to flesh out some of the characters. Um, and just to make this show the best that it can be. I'm looking to premiere it in 2022. So I'm really excited about that. If you guys want to join in or you have any questions or, you know, you know of a place in New York where we can premiere it, um, please let me know. Let me know. Um, because this is about all of us and I'm so excited about the, the, the message in, in the show. Um, it is called, are you ready for it? The working title right now is Opera Luscious, The Operatic Adventures of a Dame. So I'm really excited about that. Anyway, moving on, let's get into what we were going to talk about anyway. And that is the arts incentives that are available to you in your city, in your state, in your county. Now, you know how you file your federal taxes and then you file your state taxes. Well, I want you guys, if you're an artist, if you're a performing artist, I really want you guys to really pay attention to the tax incentives. So a lot of people don't even know. Now, I told you guys, I think I told you guys maybe on TikTok or Instagram or something, but I was at a meetup last week with some local artists and I love doing that when we can. It's a lot of fun, but we got in this conversation and a lot of the artists didn't even know about some of the tax incentives. So again, this is going to be one of those situations where you're working smarter, not harder. And, um, if you, in some cities, uh, where I am, um, specifically, I mean, if you live in an arts district, if you donate your art work to a venue in a designated arts district, even if you volunteer your time, in an arts district, like a venue in an arts district, a designated venue, designated arts district, there's a huge tax incentive for that. And I don't think people realize that at all. So if you're an artist out there, you know, you want to start looking for these, like look in maybe 
maybe your city doesn't offer it, but usually your state and different counties in your state will offer it. So my county will offer it, um, but I noticed that the county that is closer to Baltimore, they actually offer the incentive where if you live in an arts district, if you do business in an arts district and doing business means um, if you order art supplies, that's a tax incentive, which is really cool. A lot of people don't even know that. And it is so important that we as artists empower ourselves um, to do more of this and you know, during the pandemic, I talked about this on a few of the previous episodes, how hard the arts industry was hit, but yet here we are, or here we were online, um, you know, spending what 75% of our time uplifting people using our gift to uplift people, um, and not being compensated for it. So I love that. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping, you know, that when I ran for Congress, maybe that had a little something to do with shining some spotlight on, on the arts and the importance and the value of the arts in our communities, um, that they are able to, you know, that they were able to basically create these incentives that support artists in our area. If you're a business now, you should check out your local tax incentives um, or your area to see if it's in a designated arts district. Because even if you're a, vi a business and you create a space for artists to show their work, that is a huge, huge tax incentive. So where I live, we um, created um, a, was it a mural festival. And so local artists, and when I mean local here, it is in this area. And then also in Virginia, I live in uh, Maryland, um, in DC, there's a couple artists there. So three artists um, from DC, Maryland and Virginia actually have their work. Literally, it is so huge on the side of our buildings. It's beautiful. Um, so, you know, our corporation, the, the landlord that owns this building, um, the corporation gets a huge tax incentive for showcasing the work of artists. So you guys really need to look into it um, and make sure that you're working smarter. So if you want to, I mean, we create stuff every day. And if you're an artist, I know you, you guys have a ton of stuff um, that maybe you use for another project. Maybe you didn't, but if you didn't like donate it, to find the designated arts district in your area or arts venues and donate it and then get your tax incentive at the end of the year. Now you have to double check yourselves because I'm not a CPA, but I do know what I do <laughs> every year and I check those tax codes, okay? Um, so you guys have to do your homework, but start working a little smarter. Um, and so if you volunteer, if you, if you're, if, even if you're not an artist and you decide you want to volunteer for a designated arts district, you're like, maybe somebody's having a show. And let's say if you're listening to this podcast and you just happen not to be an artist, but you like to hear what's going on in the arts, you can actually get a tax incentive for that, for just volunteering your time. And, um, like I said, the county that's not too far from the county where I live in, they actually have incentives where if you live there and do business there and you live in a designated, like arts district, maybe an apartment building, a house, it could be a condo, whatever. Um, and you do business there, meaning you might sell on Etsy. Um, you might have people come by and pick up artwork and pay for it. But if you do business, do any kind of transaction there, guess what? That's a huge tax incentive. A lot of people don't know. Well, you know what? I'm not one for, for, you know, sitting on here and just talking for the sake of talking. If you are not on Clubhouse, you can find me on Clubhouse, Bree Cooper. 
um, you know, find me there. Um, that's a soprano, Brie Cooper. Um, you can check me out on Instagram, TikTok, Brie Cooper, Mezzo Soprano, Facebook, or like my Facebook page, Brie Cooper, Mezzo Soprano. And uh, like I said, I want to hear from you guys. Email me if you are interested in getting a ticket to the Writer's Perspective, which is happening on October 11th at 7 30. So I'm really excited about that. You guys, please support me. Please support the other artists that are literally, you know, spending time. Um, so you can get them a cup of coffee or something, something sweet, you know, and like, again, that is, it is not a performance. It is literally a writer's perspective for me as the writer, for the director, um, and for some of the other characters to be able to listen. Um, and gain some more insight, uh, flush out anything that needs to be flushed out. And I'm really excited about it. And you can also, you know, chime in if you want at the very end of it. I'm so excited to hear feedback. Um, and you can also, if you feel like you have to go after that, you know, just feel free to email me. So uh, yeah, I'm just so excited about it. 728 productions at gmail.com or you can email me at bridget at net. that's b-r-i-d-g-e-t-t-e at brie b-r-i cooper dot net so i hope you guys are having a super great day um and i hope you're doing wonderful have a good one bye and another huge shout out to our sponsor, Thrive Market. Thank you so much. They are on a mission to make healthy living and eating affordable for everyone. Remember to use my link, thrivemarket.com backslash Bree Cooper.